You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Now, last time we asked, do you know when you were saved? And we talked about that we were saved back at the cross 2,000 years ago. Objectively, God did that work for us. But subjectively, we're saved at a different point. We step into, we experience for ourselves this great salvation, this justification that God provides for us when we make the choice to enter into it. And that is something that we need to realize as we try to experience the fullness of God's salvation. In Acts chapter 2, which is the first message that the church brings to people trying to explain to them, so how could you experience God's salvation? In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, these people that are hearing Peter's message, uh, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God had done a great work. He has given his life as a ransom for our sins, but these people are not saved until they choose to receive that salvation. And that reception begins with repentance. Repentance does not, within Greek, as much mean, hey, I'm sorry, I did something wrong. Repentance simply means to take a second look, to say, you know what, I thought I understood this, but maybe I missed something. Maybe there's more here than what I saw the first time. And that's what Peter is saying to these people. He said, you saw Jesus. You interacted with him. He walked around you. He talked with you. And you just didn't get who he was. You didn't get what he was offering. And so you need to repent. You need to look more deeply at all that God has to offer through his son, Jesus. And if you can see who he really is, then you need to be baptized into his name. And we're going to talk about that more, how essential and what that exactly means to be baptized in his name. And in that baptism, to become one with him, to to trust him, for our goodness and for our salvation, that's where we experience and when we experience the forgiveness of our sins. And that forgiveness of our sins, it it actually requires quite a lot. Many of us, when we talk about just what do you need to do to be saved, many of us will turn and or have been directed towards Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And it says that if you... confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so we lead people through a sinner's prayer and we say, okay, say Jesus is Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead and you're saved. The problem with that, faith, words, anything without actions isn't faith. It, it isn't true belief. James makes this point exceedingly clear in James chapter 2 when he says, some of you say you have faith. I'll show you my faith by what it is 
that I do. And those results are verified in action. Our, our obedience is what proves that we truly have subjectively entered into justification. What that means specifically for this passage is, is it says you need to confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. That term Lord was used in the ancient world for the Caesars. They would say, I am Lord. It had this son of God connotation to it. I am the supreme authority. So you imagine, you go ahead and you stand before Caesar himself, you bow the knee before Caesar and you say, Caesar, you are Lord. And then you never do anything he asks you to do. Have you really confessed Caesar as Lord? No, you'd have your head chopped off pretty soon after that. Because to confess a supreme ruler as supreme ruler means to acknowledge you are who you say you are, and I am who I say I am. I now submit myself under your divine authority to do your divine will. It isn't just about words coming out of your mouth. It's about actions coming out of your life that begin with this confession, this acknowledgement of allegiance to this divine king. And then not only do we have to confess Jesus is Lord, we need to believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. This is a key point of all the apostles, something they keep hammering. Jesus didn't just die for our sins. Jesus rose from the grave after dying for our sins. Death could not hold him because he had no penalty to pay. He stands over all sin and death, he has conquered it all. If he can conquer sin and death, what else can he conquer? Another way of asking it, what can't he conquer? So if I really believe in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead, then what issue, what problem in life can he not work his salvation work, and bring about resurrection. This is what Paul said in Romans back in chapter 6. Hey, if he raised from the dead, we're going to do the same thing. And when we have this kind of basic understanding that I'm forgiven, but, but I just, God really can't change things. He really can't set me free. He really can't resurrect my life, or this relationship, or this calling, then what it's saying is that we really don't believe it. And if we really don't believe it, then we're never really going to experience his justification. And that's the last point that I want to bring up here in understanding the subjective experience of justification. We talked about this before, but in Romans chapter 3, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation or a payment in his blood through faith. What's interesting in this is that it says in verse 24, being justified as a gift. The tense of that word is present continual. It's not that you just are justified once in the past and God pays for all your sins and he sets you free and he does 
all of this redemption back here. It's that that justification enters into every single moment when we turn to him as Lord and as conqueror of the greatest problem that mankind has, death itself. Every moment that we turn to him, that we repent and we take a second look and we go, maybe God could do more here than what I thought possible. Every time we call out in his name and declare our allegiance, every time our actions follow along with those words, he brings about justification. He finishes it. He completes it. He does that good work that we so long for and that we so need. So let us subjectively experience God today. Let us turn to him and let him justify us by his great sacrifice today, tomorrow, and forevermore. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.